Women Taking the Lead, episode 182. You are in control of your life. How you perform during life is really going to affect the reaction of the audience, and we want them shouting for that encore. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to join the community and get the resources to support you on your leadership journey. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Every child wants to be the hero of their own story. At JulesCustomBooks.com, your child plays the central role in every book, bringing joy and delight when they hear their name and those of their family and friends. Visit JulesCustomBooks.com to make your child the star of the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Jennifer Eklund, and as a lifelong pianist, Jennifer Eklund has embodied the American entrepreneurial spirit since she was a teenager. She worked as a performer and a teacher for 20 years before diving head-on into running her music book publishing company, Piano Pronto Publishing, full-time starting in 2014. A trailblazer in the evolving print music industry, Eklund is an avid composer of educational piano music and now represents and publishes the works of a growing number of independent composers. Jennifer, that's just a little intro for everyone. So if you could tell us a little bit more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, first, I wanted to thank you for having me on the broadcast. Um, I hope that my story is inspirational uh, for other uh, budding entrepreneurs out on the scene. Um, My story is rather interesting. I I started studying the piano when I was very young and playing the piano was not something I necessarily always wanted to do. It was something more that my mom wanted me to do. Um, But the entrepreneurial spirit really, you know, sort of pinched me when I was 12 years old and people started paying me money to play the piano for them. And I actually found that really motivating. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I started as a performer when I was a young teenager. And, you know, unlike my friends who were, you know, getting paid for babysitting and mowing lawns, I was out, you know, playing for parties and weddings and whatnot. And when I was 14, I started teaching the piano. Um, I always tell this story in workshops that I did two things as a child. I was an only child. Um, I used to play school and I used to play store. Uh, So it's no big surprise that I ended up doing those two things uh, with my life. Uh, First as a teacher um, when I was a teenager and, you know, my friends were once again either babysitting or working at fast food places. I was out teaching students. Um, They all thought I was crazy, but I loved it. And I knew that it was something I was destined to do. Um, I kind of became a publisher by accident. Uh, I was living in Sweden uh, in the year 2000. I lived there for about a year. And I was working at an international preschool. And I basically didn't have access to any of the books that I was using back in the States as a teacher. So I started writing materials uh, to suit the needs of the students there at the preschool. So I basically was doing it because I needed materials. And when I came back to the States after living in Europe, um, I thought, you know, I, I think I'm on to something here. So I kind of just kept writing and developing materials that I used with my own students. And when I started to see the success that they were having, 
I figured, you know what, I think that this material should be seen by others. And so I sort of just gradually started um, dipping my, my toe into the, into the pool of publishing. And, you know, it was quite a struggle at first, um, but I started to get really good feedback from teachers all around the country. And it kind of just uh, grew from there. So I was teaching for 20 years and running the publishing business for about five or six years concurrently. And I was sort of waiting for that big switch to happen um, because things were starting to get really busy. And I, I thought to myself, okay, as soon as the, the publishing sort of evens out with the teaching in, in terms of t financials that I would sort of, you know, jump off the cliff and go full-time into publishing. And that, um, that finally happened back in 2014. And no regrets. We've been full steam ahead ever since. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And it's, it's a journey of like incremental successes and growing and you know, what really isn't captured in there. And I'm sure you'll laugh when I say this is all the work <laughs> you put right. into it. <laughs> right. There is, I'm sure was a ton of work, a lot of ups and downs, but congratulations, Jennifer, because you know, that, that is the goal. I mean, yes, we're going to work hard. We're going to have our ups and downs, but we always want to be growing and incrementally getting better and forging new and you've been able to do that and you and you know really started at a young age and and went for it um and what i i would love for you to share with us because you know your story is one of you know really being confident and going for it but we all have those moments of self-doubt where we we don't realize what we're capable of and i love the marianne williamson quote that plays at the i played at the end of every episode of my podcast because she talks about playing small and and that's not how we're meant to live but we all have those moments so if you could share with us one of your own playing small stories and the lessons you've learned from it well, I think if you ask any performer this question, um, they'll tell you that it isn't one moment in life. It is it is constant. Um, any performer or creator, um, we go through um, sort of these small moments on a daily basis. If you're if you're writing or you're performing, you're kind of always in that headspace of, well, was it good enough? How is this going to to play into the market, uh, etc. Um, I'll say for me on the publishing front. Um, I think those moments are encapsulated in all of the rejection letters <laughs> that I got from the big companies over the years. You know, I had created this um, curriculum series that I, I really felt strongly was very solid and that I had a strong voice that needed to be heard in the market. But, you know... I would just keep getting these letters that, you know, the, yes, we realize the volume of work that you've accomplished here. This is great. We just don't have room for it. Um, I think the turning point, though, in all of those moments really came when I started asking myself, why not? And really started asking, well, you know, if these companies can do it, why can't I just go and do this on my own? And that is really the daily question that I continue to ask myself. Okay, why not? Why can't we do it this way? And that is really something that keeps me just sort of, you know, muddling through the, the everyday challenges that, that I face. And I love that, Jennifer, because one, one of the follow-up questions I, I sometimes ask um, after this question is, how are you applying that to your day-to-day -day life? And <laughs> right. you've really taken that. And I think we can all take that question with us when we have doubts thinking, well, I can't do that. It's the question to stop, <laughs> right? think about it, and question, why right. not, right? 
Right. And I, I, I face this all through school. I, you know, I have two college degrees in music. Um, when I was an undergrad, uh, the first sort of hurdle that I came across was when, you know, in college you are lumped into two boxes. You either are a piano major who plays classical music or you're maybe a jazz major, which is a little bit less common. And for me, I wanted to do both. I had a great interest uh, in playing jazz and I wanted to do both, but I had people, you know, in the classical music realm saying, well, you can't do that. You can't do both. And that was sort of the, the first point at which I started to say, well, why can't I? And I, you know, I ran into hurdles on the jazz side of things because it was very much, you know, sort of the all boys club for a very long time, especially if you're a pianist. Um, it's very uncommon to see female pianists in jazz groups. And I had a very old school jazz director in college who who looked at me the first day I walked in class and said, oh, well, girls can't play the piano. You're supposed to be a vocalist. And I will say that that is, the, that is really the only hurdle, though, that I've come up against throughout my career in terms of being a woman uh, in business. And I will say that, you know, after a few years with that jazz director, I completely changed his mind because he, he saw my tenacity and my, and my drive. And, you know, he was a big puddle of mush by the end of it. Um, so, you know, I, I came across that. And then, of course, um, you know, when I started to deal in the publishing realm of publishers saying, well, we don't need this. Okay, well, why don't we need this? I think we do need this. And I've, you know, consistently proven them wrong on that front. Yeah, that is so awesome. Because every now and again, you know, someone will ask me, well, how do we change people's prejudices? Well, we do it just like that by standing our ground, by being tenacious, by showing up. You know, you don't, you're not going to convince somebody of your way of thinking by arguing with them and debating with them. You, you change their, their way of thinking to yours by showing them. Right. In, in my mind, it's just about showing up and doing the work. Um, I don't, I don't really play into the narrative that uh, women start at a disadvantage. I, it's just not part of my narrative. I don't believe that. I believe that good, solid work that matters will rise to the top and that you just have to, you just have to keep going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we can't get too hung up on what's, you know, why it's, it's sometimes it's, it's harder to be a woman, because sometimes it's harder to be a man. Let's face it, right. like we can we can right. pull out those scenarios as well. But you can't and I love how you said that you just can't live by that narrative, you just got to do what you do, yeah. you got to follow your interests, go for your goals, and the rest of it will sort itself out. Right, absolutely. In in my mind, we all as human beings will face challenges, uh, no matter where we come from. It's just about <laughs> it's just about being tenacious, and really, um, in the end, it boils down to just really believing in what you're doing, because that that heart and that spirit that you have for whatever it is that you do will come through to the end users of your product or your service or whatever industry you happen to be in. Mm -hmm. Now, Jennifer, if you could share with us another time where you had a wake up call or an epiphany, you know, for some people, it's like a flashbulb moment. Um, for others, they experience it as a slow awakening and the universe sending them a lot of messages. But if you could share with us that moment and the steps you took that led to your success. All right. Well, this is kind of an interesting story and I, I won't mention names so that I <laughs> stay out of hot water. Um, 
I had I had a meeting a couple years ago uh, with a pretty major publisher. I'll just say that they're like number two in our industry. And I had a meeting with them, and I had sent up some compositions ahead of the meeting that they had reviewed. Um, and so I was sitting, you know, with the head honcho after you know a nice cordial lunch that we had, and, and things were going well. Um, and at this point, I was still sort of on the fence as to whether I wanted to sign away my life, basically, to put myself under somebody else's umbrella, or if I wanted to stay independent. And uh, he handed over to me the compositions that I had sent up and that they had edited. And um, they had just destroyed one of my pieces, in my mind, um, that had been, you know, a top seller. Teachers loved it. Students loved it. And they had basically taken out everything that was fun about the piece rhythmically and squared it up because he looked at me and he said teachers can't handle this and neither can students and I looked at it and I I knew what the numbers were I knew what the market was saying and I said oh okay he said well why don't you why don't you go over and, and play that piece for me the way we've edited it and I said okay you know so I sat and played it and then I turned around after I was finished and he just looked at me and he said well yeah that was a little dry wasn't it <laughs> and that that was the moment for me. I knew the meeting was over and I knew driving home, that was my signal. Mm. I had to stay under my umbrella because my voice mattered. And if I listened to how other people wanted to edit me, it would no longer be me. Mm -hmm. And what I love about that story, Jennifer, is you went into that meeting with an open mind. You were you were okay with being convinced one way or another which way to go. You right. were just looking for which direction should I take if I'm going to go in this direction. It's got to be worth it. And you got directed in the complete opposite. Right. But it, it, you know, and as disappointing maybe perhaps as that moment would be for some people, it doesn't sound like for you, but it it makes it's a clear indication of this would not honor my values. Right. And for me, it was really a full circle kind of moment because I had been waiting many years for that type of meeting. I mean, if you had talked to me five years prior, I would have said, wow, that is really exciting that I'm going to be meeting with so-and-so. They finally want me at the table. So it was interesting that I went into that meeting sort of 50-50. I was excited that I had finally arrived at that point, so to say. But what was more exciting to me in the end was the fact that I had the validation that I was on the right track. And then it was at that moment, really, that I knew it, that I had to stay on my track and just keep working. Oh, I love moments like that. And Jennifer, I'm very curious because you come from and you're in an industry that we, we're, we're not really hearing a lot from, at least on this show. And I do want to I want more people who are in the music industry to come on. I just had my first um, actually second guest in almost 200 interviews who was in the music industry recently. So you're just the third. But I'm curious about your leadership style, because we all lead a little bit differently. Yes, there are fundamentals to leadership. We have to be good listeners. We have to have good communication skills and build relationships. But there are nuances to leadership based on our personality style, our strengths, our interests. So Jennifer, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, very personal. Um, I sort of fell into a leadership role by accident. Um, and I 
I will say that I don't think I ever really considered myself a leader until I started reading books about leadership. And then I, and I looked and said, well, yeah, I'm doing all of this. I didn't really know that I was doing this, but it is just sort of intuitive. Um, I'll say one thing about being a great leader, I think, is all about paying close attention to everything. Um, I pay attention to people and I take a genuine interest in their lives, um, whether it's students teachers, um, your everyday customer, I always make a point of remembering things about people. I think uh, one of the things I value most about close relationships that I have are people who are thoughtful, people who are thoughtful and really listen and remember things about me. Um, when I was a teacher, I was very successful at bonding with my students because I always knew what was going on in their lives outside of their weekly piano lesson. I, I would remember those things and it would always be a touch point uh, in the lesson um, that, oh, you know, by the way, how did your play audition go for you this week? And that always brought students closer to me. And then that's something that I carried into my publishing business. Um, the publishing business can be very sterile and maybe even a little bit cold. There is, has been for many decades, this sort of distance between, you know, those who sit in the ivory towers and publish things and then sell them. Whereas now we've sort of entered this different realm of the industry where you do have more independent publishers like myself, where the teachers and then even the students can have direct contact with living, breathing composers, which is an amazing thing. For me as a pianist, um, this happened for me personally when I was a teenager. There was a there's a new age piano composer uh, who I, I really loved his music. And when I got to meet him when I was a teenager, it was like life shifting for me because, you know, this wasn't a dead guy <laughs> who wrote music 200 years ago. This is somebody living and breathing. So I know what that meant for me in terms of inspiration and just sort of giving me that motivation to, to keep moving forward in my studies. And so I really uh, wanted to carry that through into my publishing business. And teachers love it. Teachers love that they have direct and instant and easy access to me if they have questions or concerns. They feel supported through my company like they, like they don't with other companies. And then in turn, we also have direct contact with students uh, through social media. They'll send me videos of themselves playing my pieces. And it's really awesome for them to sort of get that direct feedback right from the composer. So I think that that has been a really critical um, element of my leadership style and that it's all encompassing through all realms of my business. I love that. You're absolutely right that when we are thoughtful and mindful, when we're interacting with people and remember those personal things that are going on in their life and then bring it up to them later. I know when people do that with me, I'm always blown out of the water. How did you remember that? Oh my right. gosh. You know, cause we're all so busy. I mean, that's what we're hearing. We're so busy. Right. We're so busy. We're so busy. And we know what that's like when you're that busy, you have a hard time remembering where you put your keys. Never mind. You know, that somebody's mother is going to be having an operation in two weeks and you remember to ask them about it later. You right. know, the, those things are so touching to people that as a leader, if you're able to do that, it's gold. It just makes right. people feel so special. Right. And I, and I think it, you know, you have to not only remember these things, but you, you need to be genuine and you do need to care. Yeah. Um, that's, that's the even bigger part of it. Um, I, I don't know how you could fake being thoughtful. I'm sure you probably can. Um, but for me, you know, I, I genuinely um, have great respect and compassion and, 
and everything for my for my customers and the teachers. I want to support them. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel as though they are part of a of a community. That um, buying a book from us is really just the first step in the process. It means very little. I the the more important part of the process is you know the support that they get as they're using the materials. If they need help, if they need guidance, uh, we are here for them one hundred and ten percent. And Jennifer, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Well, about a year ago, um, sort of by accident, again, um, I had a little, I guess you, you could call it a little leadership summit with a few girlfriends of mine in Dallas. And we all have strong voices. And we were talking about um, how we would like to affect change in the piano teaching industry. And one of the things that we came up with out of this summit was that we each wanted to take on a mentoring role. Uh, with somebody else in our industry. Um, so back in July of 2015, I, um, I offered to mentor uh, a lady I knew through social media um, who was starting to compose music, and she had a real passion for it, but she was always asking me questions about notation and sort of technical things. And so I, I emailed her and I said, hey, you know, would you like to sort of be my protege for a year? You know, we'll do weekly Skype meetings, we'll look at your compositions, and we'll just kind of take it from there. So now out of that mentorship is kind of by accident, you know, she kind of kept bugging me. She said, you know, why do you want to publish my pieces? We've got all these pieces that we've been writing. And it had never really been in my line of sight that I wanted to represent other people because I was so busy writing my own stuff and chasing after my own publications. And so she kind of kept badgering me about it and badgering me about it. And I, I finally gave in. I said, okay, let's, let's give this a try. And to be honest, the only reason I didn't want to get into that is because I thought it would be an accounting nightmare. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and so I, I published her first few pieces and I thought, okay, well, we can, we can handle this. And then as soon as other people who knew me on social media, who were teachers and also composers, because those those two things often go hand in hand. They started contacting me and saying, oh, you know, this, I would like you to publish some pieces of mine. Okay, well, so here we are a year later, a little bit over a year later, and we've got almost 30 composers that we're representing now as part of our uh, composers community, which is a subdivision of my company, Piano Pronto. And it's really been uh, fantastic because Number one, we have all of these people who have different voices than I do. Um, I definitely have a particular type of writing style. But now we've got all of these wonderful composers underneath our umbrella um, who have their own voices. And their voices may not have been able to you know, be heard by the market um, as easily or as successfully um, without coming together uh, in this community. And for me as a publisher, I because I've been through all of the hurdles of the publishing industry, I know how lousy the pay is from, from big companies. I really wanted to allow my composers, you know, a better royalty situation and with more flexibility and freedom. Um, most publishers lock you in, you know, and make you sign away the rights to your compositions. We don't make them do that. And so I really just wanted to create um, a situation for these composers that would in turn um, breed loyalty, to us. And because they have this freedom, um, 
you know, to basically do what they like. And if they want to publish something with us, they can. If they want to publish it elsewhere, they're free to do that. I really think that we've uh, grown a wonderful community that I, I look forward to continue growing. Mm-hmm. And something I want to underscore in everything you've been sharing with us, Jennifer, is that everything you're doing had organic growth to it. It's not like right. you you started teaching piano when you were a teenager. And at that point, you were like, in the next five years, I'm going to have a publishing company, right? Right. It was right. like you just, you progress, you followed the next progression of what made right. sense and where your interests were taking you and where your, your customers, you know, where right. their needs were. And it all happened naturally. I think people get hung up on seeing somebody who's years ahead of where they are and go, oh my God, I have to be exactly where they are. But that might not be the next natural progression for them. They need to just, you know, be where they are, do what they're doing very well, and then just listen for what's coming next. Yes, absolutely. I love absolutely. It. And yeah. on the flip side of things, Jennifer, what would you say is your biggest leadership or business challenge that you're faced with right now? Um, managing my own time because I need the clock to give me about 12 more hours each day (laughs) just to get everything done that I need to get done. Um, I, I do notice now that I've gotten, you know, extremely busy and extremely busy managing other composers, um, that I do need to take time for myself and my own, um, creative endeavors because I can feel it in my gut when I start to get agitated if I don't have enough um, creative time to to um, you know go after my own projects. Um, I set extremely high expectations for myself, um, and I am a people pleaser. So sometimes you know I just run out of time during the day, and also you know setting aside time for myself to sort of uh, decompress and do something away from music, which is hard to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And recharge so you can come back and bring your best with you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And Jennifer, you have a lot going on. You have all these things, you know, you need that extra 12 hours in a day, which I can definitely appreciate Mm -hmm. and laughed with you. So if Mm -hmm. you could tell us about the people you have around you who support you to be able to do what you're doing right now. Well, I'll tell you, we have a very small crew here at the company, um, but they're great. They're all very good at what they do. Um, I would be on life support without my full-time tech guy because he's amazing and, you know, takes so many things off of my plate. Um, I'm sure many business people can can relate. When I first started this company, I wore every single hat. (laughs) I was the tech person. I was the marketer. I was this that and the other. Um, so it's been nice over the last few years to start to to rely on other parts of the team. Um, I have a wonderful office manager who actually uh, used to be a student of mine. Um, she's only 18. And I've seen tremendous growth in her as a person, just from having the responsibility of having to run this office and do all of the order fulfillment and all of the, you know, day to day grunt work. Um, she has just grown so much as a person. It's been wonderful to see. I have two dear friends of mine who are editors, um, who don't work here in the office, but they work offsite. Um, they're a tremendous help. And other than that, I will say that, um, the biggest 
energy refreshing group that I have are really the teachers. And I interact with them on a daily basis. Um, we have a very lively Facebook forum um, for the Piano Pronto teachers. They're wonderful people. We interact on a daily basis. And that's what energizes me is hearing their stories about the, uh, the wonderful effects this music is having in their studios and with their students and with them themselves as teachers, because we seem to have just reignited a lot of their um, sparks about teaching. The publishing industry is notorious for being rather stale and not updating things very often. Um, so the wonderful thing is that we get this feedback from teachers all the time and they love it because they tell us what they need and then we make sure that we get it out there and we get it out there quickly. And so it's just this wonderful give and take relationship that, you know, we're listening to them and in turn they appreciate the fact that, you know, that we are listening to them and their needs so that we are really meeting the needs of students today in 2016. Mm -hmm. I was just talking about that feeling with somebody over the weekend where, yes, you need you need to eat. Right. So you have to make yeah. money. But the interactions you have with your community are is soul food. And, you, you know, one interaction can feed you for days. Absolutely. And, and I, I'm always happy to to tell people that we literally spend zero dollars in advertising. And I really do credit that to the fact that we have this very grassroots movement through social media um, that, you know, we have our tribe out there and our tribe has grown tremendously in the last few years. And and really, you can't deny the type of energy you see around the materials and the items that we're producing. And that's a wonderful thing that not only feeds my energy, but, you know, sort of keeps the fire stoked behind this company. Perfect. And Jennifer, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So this is going to be a little rapid fire questioning coming at you. Okay. But tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I wake up really early. <laughs> I believe strongly in getting ahead of the game. Um, you know, I routinely wake up before the five o'clock hour. And I always make sure that I have got my goals, both short term and long term, written down and within my line of sight, like on paper, <laughs> not not typed up somewhere. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? I have two books because I couldn't narrow it down to one. Um, the first book is is John Maxwell's The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which is an absolute classic that I reread um, at times when I need a boost. The other really great book that I, I can recommend is Seth Godin's uh, book Lynchpin, uh, which is basically all about establishing a skill set for yourself that makes you irrefutably indispensable in the marketplace. And what advice would you give your younger self? I would advise myself to be more curious about the inner workings of things. Uh, I had gotten married very young and I had relied on my husband to basically do everything. And um, after I got divorced, I learned that when I was on my own that I had to start figuring things out for myself. This um, by surprise to myself was actually really empowering um, that I I started with, you know, sort of a new mindset that if somebody else before me has managed to do this, I can manage to do it too. It's just about seeking out the information in order to accomplish the goal. And if you could share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. 
Okay. Well, so I, I pulled this one out this morning because I remembered that I had written a quote in one of my recent books because I'm a big quote person. Um, so the quote is, you are the star and the life is your stage. It's up to you whether or not the audience shouts for an encore. I think it's rather self-explanatory, but basically you are in control of your life. Um, how you perform during life is really going to affect you know, the, uh, the reaction of the audience, and we want them shouting for that encore. Mm, amen. I love this one. I had not heard this before. And lastly, Jennifer, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? I am probably easiest to find on Facebook. Um, I admin a couple large uh, groups for teachers. Um, one is Piano Teacher Central. So if there's any music teachers out there, um, it's a wonderful virtual water cooler in an industry where you know we don't have coworkers. So it's been tremendously successful. We have nearly 7,000 teachers in that group who just talk about this, that, and the other all day long. Um, and we also have a Piano Pronto uh, discussion forum on Facebook. And that it really is the easiest way um, way to reach me on social media, aside from YouTube channels and Instagram and all that other good stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have your pianopronto.com. That's your website. And are all yes. the social media buttons where people can find you on the website too? Yes, absolutely. Down in the footer. And you know what, even if you just want to go on the website and enjoy some great music, we, we have really flopped the publishing industry on its head. Um, we give you, you know, full audio samples of everything that we sell. Um, so it's wonderful if you just want to go and watch some videos and here's some great music uh, it's it's a wonderful website to browse that's probably better use of your time than just watching random youtube videos endlessly <laughs> so i may do that on a it lunch might, break <laughs> it might be and and we even have we even have piano pronto radio which was a, was again it was a, an idea from a customer um she had messaged us on facebook and said you know what you guys are releasing so much new material i can't keep track of it i would love to just be able to hit a play button and be able to hear all the new songs and my tech guy just ran with that and he created piano pronto radio so so up at the top bar, you can just hit the radio button and you'll hear all of the 50 re uh, latest releases plus whatever else we, you know, decide to load the radio with. It's really wonderful. Brilliant. Just brilliant. I love that. All right. And so for those of you who are listening, you know, you can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. Jennifer, the blog post that accompanies Jennifer's episode will be there with all of those links. And Jennifer, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Well, thanks so much for having me. Your website tells a story about your business. At Zebra Love Web Solutions, Millie and her team are going to make sure your website tells the story you want your customers to hear. Connect with Millie at ZebraLoveWebSolutions.com to create the impression you want to make. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life but need some support? Head over to WomenTakingTheLead.com forward slash contact to introduce yourself. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. 
We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.